0: Welcome to My Teacher Friends Podcast. My name is John Peschel, and as I enter my 21st year of teaching, I wanted to create a podcast to share stories, teaching tips, and inspiration. Each week, I'll be joined by one of my smart, talented, passionate teacher friends for a conversation about all things education. Join us, because there's no job as challenging or as rewarding as being a teacher. Today, I am joined by my good friend, Steve, who is a third grade teacher. Welcome, Steve. Thank you, John. Um, Let's start just getting to know you a little bit more. Can you share a little bit about your educational history, where you went to school, and some other professional experiences that have led up to where you are today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, John. Um, Wow, it actually goes back to um, my career as it is now, actually goes back to my third grade year. Um, in third grade, my music teacher, Mrs. Robinson. Okay. Shout out to um, Mrs. Robinson. Approached me (laughs) and said, um, Steve, I really think that you need to try out for this choir. Okay. And it was, um, the Madison boy choir. Okay. Um, now, um, Madison children's choir. Um, I had no idea what I was getting into. I had no idea that someone saw a talent in me. Um, but I tried out, and I um, became part of the group of Madison Boy Choir um, in third grade. And that really opened up my um, my eyes to music. Um, so I began my career, I guess, back in third grade when I was um, singing um, both here in the United States and abroad. Really? Um, you sang abroad? Yeah. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, so when, um after a fifth grade, I went to Germany and Austria, um, sang with the Vienna Boy Choir, um, an incredible experience. So that kind of like was like the initial um, driving force of where I wanted to go. I think that's so powerful that becoming a teacher started
0: when a teacher saw something in you and believed yeah, in exactly. you maybe more than you even realized. Right. That the, the passion really um, came because someone saw something special in you.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was like the first time that I was like, wow, like this teacher thinks I've got something. Yeah. Um, so from there, I mean, that was only um, third through sixth grade. Okay. Um, but I continued to do music um, both um, in band, in choir. I was choir all the way through high school, um, show choir, madrigals, theater, so you, you played in band. I don't think I knew this either, yeah. so I'm
0: stopping you with band. Yeah. Um, I knew about choir. I knew about show choir and theater. What did, instrument did you play? I played trumpet. Okay. And how many years?
1: Yeah. Um, through my junior year. Um, so that was pep okay. band, marching band, um, and then regular band.
0: Yeah. Um, so how did that lead you to be an elementary teacher, right? right? So, because right now I'm thinking this is a story about someone who went in to have a career as a music educator.
1: Right, exactly. So I, you know, you get to that point in senior year and you're like, okay, like, where do I want to, where do I want to go? Where do I want to fly? So I decided, well, music and the fine arts are huge in my life. Um, where can I go from here? So actually I went um, to St. Olaf college in Northfield, Minnesota, Okay. south of the cities, um, as a music major. So you did start out as a music major. Yeah. So I originally, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm going to be that music teacher.
0: So, so performance or education, teaching sounds like teaching, teaching, not music performance. Okay.
1: Correct. Yep. Um, so that's kind of like where I started. Yeah. Went out to um, St. Olaf incredible experience um and then around my like sophomore year i realized um how competitive even music um education can be and as a person that is not um competitive at all um kind of got turned off and i started to not like um singing i started not liking choir and I, so I had to have a frank conversation with myself and think like, is this something, is this a place where I want to be or is it something that I want to do more as a hobby? And I chose the latter. Mm-hmm. Um, and as it turned out, I think that was the best choice I made. Okay. So with the direction that I was going in that fine arts degree, I realized, well, you know what? I could do my, Fine arts and theater. So that sure. was the route I took. Okay. Um, so I ended up, uh, from St. Olaf, um, with a fine arts major in theater. All right. Um, which was awesome. Right. A, gr- a great experience. Um, and then after you graduate from college, then you realize, okay, where am i going to go next. And, um, as life took me, um, I ended up out in Ohio kind of like taking some time off. I was, um, you know, not in a career of education or a career of of theater. Um, And so I thought, okay, what kind of brought me to where I'm at now? Um, Realizing that education was kind of like my foundation. Like I always knew that in some way I wanted to be teaching kids and being with kids. Right. Um, I'm definitely a kid at heart and I don't, um I feel like I feel like teaching keeps me young um and up to date, I guess, with yeah. with the new goings on. Yeah. Um but then I decided let's you know, I'll go back and I'll um I'll get my teaching degree. Um so I ended up um at Eastern Michigan University. Okay. Um and I an- actually ended up doing two other bachelor's degrees there, one in children's literature. And then one in my um, in teaching, um, first through eighth. Um, so that's where I kind of like entered education. Yeah,
0: and then your first teaching job. Where was your first teaching job?
1: Right. So I ended up actually life brought me back to Wisconsin. Yeah. So like I I left Wisconsin senior year um, and was gone. Multiple years beyond that, yeah, um, brought me back to Wisconsin back to home um, and it was at a time like late July, where teaching positions have been already hired, um, kind of scrambling, did a couple of um, interviews um, which weren't um, fruitful, um, and actually ended up at a at a uh, interview for a second, a first second um, position.
0: Right, and I remember that well. So, full disclosure, we're smiling <laughs> on this end because um, that this is where I met Steve. I was on the other end of that interview table. Um, there were they were we were hiring a first second grade teacher yep. and a fourth grade teacher, and so you were brought in for those two positions to interview for both. And I had also applied for the first, second grade position and was currently a third grade teacher uh, hired in the building. And so I was sitting in on the fourth grade interviews and um, you came in and um, I don't know what you remember, but I remember that you were super organized (laughs) and you... Uh, showed a passion for kids and had this great portfolio book, right? So like back our age, we had portfolio books. We didn't, you know, and uh, you showed that and um, the principal decided to place me in first and second, and you replaced me as a third grade teacher in the room that I was
1: going to be in. Yeah. And as a second side note, this school was brand new. Um, Just opening. So here I was literally, I think it was like four days before the ribbon cutting ceremony, a week before kids were going to arrive. Right. As a new teacher in a new building. Um,
0: I remember that kids still thought that they were going to have me. Like the class lists still weren't up to date. Like they thought I was going to be the teacher. They walk up into the room and you're standing there and introducing yourself. Right.
1: yeah, such a crazy time. Yeah. So that was a whirlwind, especially being, you know, right out of the gate, um, you know, with really a, a truly empty classroom. Right. So you, Starting you from,
0: start, yeah, you started this new school. You were one of the first, yep. the first group of teachers in the school. Right. And um, you've been in that same room now for how
1: many years? Yeah, this is my 13th. 13th year. Yeah. And as much as... um. I'd like to branch out. Really, I'm truly happy with where I'm at right now. Okay. Like I absolutely love room A two oh three. Right. Um maybe could I retire from there? Who knows? Um but really I'm I'm in a great place. Yeah. Talk a little bit.
0: You you talked about all of your love for music mm-hmm. and your first degree in um in music. Um talk a little bit about how you've brought your talents and your love for the fine arts into your classroom, um, as a third grade teacher.
1: Wow. That's a great question. Um, I don't know, you know, outside of my teaching realm, I'm, I never have the TV on, rarely have the TV Mm -hmm. on. I'm constantly listening to music. Um, I constantly have music playing in the classroom um, and it's not just what I like, but I also like to, um, take what I call requests and dedications. Okay. <laughs> All right. Classroom yeah. Kids can, um, request songs or, you know, dedicate them to a friend or to a family member. And as long as they are age appropriate. Yeah. Um, and I, have I've listened to them. They're going to be played sometime. Okay. The day. Yeah. Um, but I also found, um, outside of the elementary realm, like moving into like getting involved in like high school theater, um, high school forensics, um, anything that I can, can be a part of with fight arts because I think that's such a great, um, outlet for kids who might, might not necessarily be the focus of, um, what we offer kids.
0: Right. Do you feel like in high school that was your home, that was your
1: safe place? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Like I had a very close, tight knit group of of friends. Um, and you know we were the the music theater geeks, and I yeah. say that in a in a loving way. Absolutely, like, I love being called that. Yeah. Like that's where where my heart was, where I grew up. Like that's where I learned my life lessons.
0: And what do you notice about music in the classroom when you bring it in? What do you, what does that do for students and for the community? The kids
1: love it. Absolutely. Like you'll see them, um, you know, whether it's like independent writing time or like um cursive time or whatever it might be, like I don't know, you can just see like a visual perk up mm-hmm. with the kids. Like they've got the song going through their head, they might be like singing a little bit.
0: But they're still productive. But they're still still yeah. productive, absolutely. Yeah.
1: And then also a couple times, um, a couple years, I've done like a class um, talent show.
0: Really? Which okay, tell you me know, about that.
1: Kids will be like, "I'm going to sing this song," or "I've got a dance routine to this song." I remember one uh, student who gathered up a group of kids, three or four, and there was um, just a social studies um, song okay. that was like part of the the resources um, that we were using, and she said, "I'm going to do a dance routine to this song."
0: nice
1: and we embraced it yeah kids absolutely loved it it was
0: what a great way to build community to get to know kids to give kids opportunities to shine right a classroom talent show
1: right and not to be embarrassed like to say like i love to dance i love to perform to sing i love to listen to music that shouldn't be a negative i think sometimes in our society that kind of is um and there's a whole other topic.
0: Yeah, right, um, right.
1: But I like to incorporate that in my classroom.
0: Awesome. Well, we're going to move on to our next segment, which is our timed test segment. So if you've listened to the podcast, you know a little bit about what's coming next. Um, We're going to play a little game. I will time you for 60 seconds, and you have a chance to answer as many questions as you can in that 60 seconds. You can go slow and elaborate if you want, or we can do rapid fire. It's up to you. After 60 seconds, whatever you get done is what you were meant to get done.
1: Awesome. And here's where I'm going to shake things up, John. Oh, you are. All right. I remember you saying in a previous podcast that this was like your third grade um, fear, it right? Totally like was your, your math time
0: test, test was so stressful right? for me. And I
1: always remember um, like the star chart. Yes. Like, oh, he's got his zeros down. He's got his multiples of two down. Yep. I was always at the lower end, so we're in the same boat. Yet. Oh, you were okay. So here's what I'm going to offer. Okay. If I do it, you do it. Okay. All right. So I'm going to put a minute thirty. Okay. And for as many questions you ask me, I have a question for you.
0: Okay. So are we going to go back and forth? So like I'll ask one and you ask one? Correct. Okay. Uh, And you're going to keep track of time? Or do you want me to time?
1: I'll have you time. Okay. So I'll time. i seconds on the clock.
0: All right. So we're going to do it. Um, All right. We're going to flip it up for our our podcast here today. We'll go back and forth. All right. My first question for you. Ready? Ready. Here we go. Favorite
1: month of the school year? Uh, uh, may. Okay. Student birthday treats. Always, sometimes, never.
0: Always accept them. Sometimes eat them. Sometimes give them away. Perfect. Um, favorite read aloud book.
1: Uh, um, the other side. Okay. Uh, if you were to return to the classroom tomorrow, what grade would you choose? First grade.
0: Um, favorite subject to teach? Writing.
1: Favorite field trip location?
0: Overture Center. Nice. Uh, favorite thing to do in the summer that you don't get to do during the school year?
1: Being outdoors. Uh, name an elementary school adult that made an impact on your life?
0: Um, Mrs. Hallblade. Um... First name of a student that had a big impact on you. Torger. Okay.
1: Um, favorite school lunch, now or growing up?
0: Growing up. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Um, teacher's lounge, always, sometimes, or never?
1: Sometimes, especially when there's a, like a spread of food. Okay. Um, how many years did it take you to feel like you were settled after being a first year teacher?
0: four and i'm gonna ask you the same question as our last question how many years did it take you to settle from being a new teacher six years all right and we'll stop right there that was a little bit over but i didn't want to interrupt that was good thank you for uh flipping the table a little bit on on us for that we're gonna go right into our next segment which is our time for teaching tips it's a time for each of us to give some tips to the listeners out there to try something that's worked for us in our classroom environments. So I'll have you go first. What is a teaching tip that has worked for you in your classroom?
1: Awesome. So I think my biggest teaching tip would be to allow students to see you um, as a person, um, not just a person in the classroom, but a person outside of the classroom. So we always talk about how kids bring a lot of, um, you know, can sometimes bring a lot of baggage with them to the classroom. And we need to be um, aware of that, or we need to to think about that in our role as an educator. But I also think it's important for the kids to know that we're human. And um, we have times that we're scared, or we have times that we're tired. Um, We have times that we make mistakes. um, And just putting that um, up front, for them to let them realize that we're all in this, you know, as a team, um, you know, I remember thinking back to a time that, you know, I just had other stuff on my mind. Like there was a lot of stuff going on in my family. And I remember sitting at morning meeting thinking like, you know what, I'm just going to tell them Mm. my mind is not here right now. Um, and I remember how positive that was, like the reaction that I got from the kids, you know, cause they can sense that.
0: Right. Um, I'm guessing they could sense something was different about you before you even put words to it.
1: Right. Exactly. And just something as simple as, you know, I've, my mind is somewhere else right now, but I know that I need to be here right now. Mm. Um, and my job right now is to be a teacher, just like your job right now is to be, you know, a student and learning, um as well as a teacher. Obviously. Right. Yeah. Um, but just to let them know that like you don't live at school. So when you see them in target, you're like, yep, here I am buying my, my shampoo and toilet paper. Right. Like, right. Just as, as human as you are. Right. Just to let them know that, um, you know, that we're the same. And I think that that, that hinges on also connecting with kids like, Oh, you know, Mr. Mulek, went to a movie last night or, um, you read a book last night. Like it just makes that connection with kids more positive Mm -hmm. and strong. Right.
0: It sounds like just being really authentic and true to yourself. That's the exact word. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Being authentic and and real with them. This is how it is. And, and as
0: you've been doing that as a teacher, what are the payoffs for community and student learning from this Mm -hmm. teaching tip?
1: Right. So I, I always think back to, like, the times that I, I was more um, reserved with that. Like, I am the teacher, you are the student. And I remember thinking back, and even during that time, I, I didn't even realize what I was doing. I didn't realize that I was putting myself as the teacher and you're the student. Um, but I didn't have as authentic connections as I do now with kids. Mm-hmm. Like, having real conversations, like... You know, you hear, hear a student like, I don't know what to write. Um, I'm tired. And just saying like, I'm tired too. Like, I don't want to be here, but we can do this together. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of positive that can come out of that.
0: Yeah. I think it's a great tip and something for us definitely to think about, um, about how to be our true authentic self, being honest and being a human for kids and showing them that. Right the the skills and and the mindset and and what we're teaching them in that way are really important too. Right. Um. It kind of goes along with my teaching tip. My teaching tip is um one word. It's something pretty simple, and that is smile. I feel like it's so important for us to smile and enjoy what we do each and every day, and show kids that. Um, through not only what we do but um how we look at them and how we interact with them um the energy we put out i strongly believe is the energy we get back Absolutely. and um sometimes it's hard to smile when things aren't going well or when we're maybe not as prepared as we had hoped um or other things are going on in our lives right but i do feel like The power of a smile is so important. So I would encourage teachers who are listening to think about um, smiling more and making sure that um, they're sending out that positivity throughout the day.
1: Yeah. And making kids smile more. Right. Don't be afraid to crack a joke or...
0: You're so much better at that than I am. <laughs> You're so much better at that. But it's 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 a good point and point well taken that um, there is a time for humor and mm-hmm. uh, laughter in the classroom.
1: Right.
0: And now it's time for a commercial break. Did you know that Rodan and Fields is the number one skincare brand in the U.S.? With four regimens, there is a solution for every skincare need. Each regimen provides your skin with the right ingredients, in the right amount, in the right order, and lasts for more than 60 days. Preferred customers save 10% and receive free shipping and handling. With a 60-day empty bottle money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Everyone can have better skin, and it starts with reaching out. I can be found on Facebook at John Peschel, that's J-O-H-N-P-E-S-C-H-L, or by email at myteacherfriendspodcast at com. Mention this podcast when you message me and receive a special gift just for starting the conversation. Rodan and Fields, life-changing skin care. Hi, this is Connor. Here are some jokes for all the teachers out there. What is a snake's favorite class? History! What kind of school do you go to if you're a surfer? Boarding school. A teacher asked, Can you tell me where the Declaration of Independence was signed? A student answered, At the bottom. (laughs) And now, back to the podcast, My Teacher Friends. Well, they're not my teacher friends, but that's the name of the show. Welcome back. Now is your chance, Steve, to talk about something that's in your mind and in your heart when it comes to education. So what would you like to talk about next?
1: It's an awesome question. Um, So I've been thinking about this, like what I can bring to the table. Um, and something that's been in in my mind for, I would say, the past one to two years, sure, is the role of technology in the classroom, um, and that fine line that we that we walk between um, full blown technology, students in front of um, in front of screen, um, because I really worry about the social aspect um, of where. Students are struggling with that social interaction. Mm-hmm.
0: So can you kind of set the scene a little bit about what your school is like with technology, how much technology kids have access to in the classroom, in the school, at different grade levels, just to give a perspective on uh, the, the individual situation
1: you're coming from? Sure. So I have um, in, my, in my school, we have um, access to a lot of different technology and truly, if, if we're interested in using technology in a certain way, um, on most cases, it's supported. Okay. Um, so in my building right now, our fourth graders are one-to-one with Chromebooks. Um, we have computer labs available, iPads, um, Chromebook carts um, for the, the younger grades. Um, so that technology is all there and like um, able to be accessed um, but my, my question is more like, how do I use that as a, as a classroom teacher, but then also how do I use that so that socially my students are able to have conversations um, to question each other, to push each other, to not jump out and write a random, um, mean note to someone, right? Um,
0: so, you know, over the last 13 years, technology has changed in huge, our culture, right? Huge. What kind of impact are you seeing it has on teaching and education and students?
1: Mm-hmm. So I try to use um, technology as much as I can in the classroom. I mean, obviously, we I realize that we are in the 21st century. This is a technology-driven um society that we're in. And we right. need to be pushing our students in that direction. Right. I totally get that. Um, and I think the, the time that I realized, like I was questioning when I was using that is when uh, my students were all in their Chromebooks and it was absolutely dead silent in the classroom. Mm.
0: So when you hear dead silence in the classroom, how does that resonate with you as a teacher?
1: Right. So for me, and I know it's different for all educators, um, for me, I need that sound. I need that buzzing that tells me that learning is happening. Um, is it always appropriate conversation? Probably not. Um, but I need that like buzz in the classroom that kind of lets me know that learning is happening. Yeah.
0: So when you have those moments where everyone is on a Chromebook or some form of technology... And it's dead silence, right? Right. Um, what does that mean to you? And what are your worries behind that?
1: I guess my biggest worry is like, um, I call it like the heads down. Like the kids, literally their heads are down. Mm-hmm. I mean, as adults, if you walk down the street, most um, heads are down. Right. Eye contact isn't being made. Smiles aren't being made. And I think that that's huge. I mean, I I not only need to teach um, core curriculum of reading and writing, but I also need to teach how to be a citizen Mm -hmm. um, and how to work together to solve problems. Um, So I guess my my worry is that if if we lead into a fully um, technology-based education, that we're going to lose that. So I guess that's more like a fear. Yeah, um, it's something that I wouldn't want to see.
0: Right. And so, um, ideally, right now as a third grade teacher, what would you say would be your ideal balance of um, students using technology and group work and individual work? Like, what what would what do you think would be a healthy mix? Because you did acknowledge the importance of technology and teaching technological skills to students.
1: Right. Absolutely. So for me, I'm just trying to find that balance of um, what can I provide as an educational tool through technology? Mm -hmm. And then also, what can I um, provide socially um, for students um, so that they still get that social interaction? So like in my um, reading workshop, I'll often do those um, grand conversations where students will have open conversation, um, about a text, um, say it might be predicting. Um, but then also like, how do you respond to someone, um, appropriately Mm -hmm. so that you can acknowledge what their, their thoughts are, but then also bring in your own feelings. Which
0: isn't always easy as adults, right? So it's a great opportunity to practice and, and with technology in hand, right? Sometimes adults don't always make the right choice. Right. And it sounds like that's, that kind of plays into that fear, that worry that you have. Right.
1: Right. Cause at, at the grade, you know, as teaching eight and nine year olds, I just, they still have that innocence and I, I fear for that to be released mm-hmm. or gone. Like they're still, I still want them to know that they're, they're valued and, um, needed, and I think that that can be more, um, more taught through social interaction than through a single technology. I'm looking at my screen, and I'm doing what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, I think I think you hit on a lot of good things to think about. Right? Like, are we using technology for the sake of technology or to aid in instruction? Right. And are we teaching skills that will get students college, career, and beyond ready? Um, And are we teaching them those human interaction skills?
1: Right. Yeah. Because that's, I don't know, that's so important. Like, um, you know, beyond school. And that's what I keep thinking of. Like, where where do I want these kids to be beyond third grade? Right. 10 years from now, I want them to be able to speak their mind. I want them to be able to accept others Um, and I just, I hope that technology doesn't get in the way.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for bringing this idea up. Um, I think it's an important one for all educators to think about. Yeah. We're gonna move on uh, to our final segment of the afternoon. Um, I have two final questions for you and I'll ask them back to back and then give you a chance to respond on them. The first is what advice do you have for someone who is entering their first years of teaching? And what advice do you have for someone entering their last years of teaching?
1: Yep. So I, I thought about this question and I thought back to my, my first couple years of teaching, um, for those first years out there, um, I'm going to say a quote and I actually, I, I tried to dig up, um, who the author of the quote was, but it's simply be gentle with yourself. You're doing the best that you can. Mm. Um, You're not going to understand it all. Um, You're not going to get it all in the first try. And that's okay because we've all been there. Um, No one is um, looking at you like you should be doing the top of the top. Like remember that we've all been there. And, um, my hope for you is that you have a a strong team around you, Mm -hmm. um, that you can go to, that you can um, get ideas from, that you can have conversations with. Um, so just remember that you're doing the best that you can. Um, and from here on out, it it gets, it gets better. Yeah.
0: I love, love that quote about being gentle. Can you read it one more time? Yeah.
1: Be gentle with yourself. You're doing the best you can. Great
0: advice. Yeah. And now when we think about those entering their final few years in the profession, what advice do you have for them?
1: Yeah. And I can't even imagine like the feelings, the thoughts that you're having right now. Um, gosh, I'm only year 13 and I think of how many years I have in front of me. But if I think about like, this is my year of retirement. My recommendation would be to just be in the moment for those last 180 days Um because whether you're retiring after 10 or 40 years, like you've had a huge impact on education. Like, look where we're at now. Um, yes, we've got a ways to go, but um, you've been part of it. And to remember to that you want to be the person, you know, that teacher, that adult figure that those kids are like, gosh, I was that, I was in Mr. Mrs. Miss blanks class their their last year you know and then to be on the opposite side of where those kids were like ah I missed out on them like Mm -hmm. be in the moment um you know go out with a bang yeah honestly you know don't let it um don't let things get you down like take you out and so that you remember education your years that you've put in as negative
0: yeah awesome Thank you for that bit of advice. So I just want to thank you for being on this episode of the podcast. It's been great sitting down and having a conversation with you about education. And that's it for this episode of My Teacher Friends. I'd love to know what you think of the podcast. Send me an email at myteacherfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to like the show on Facebook at My Teacher Friends Podcast Be sure to tell a friend and subscribe on iTunes. And until next time, remember, celebrate and nurture every child, every day.